Hi, I'm Bentley. And I'm Samuel. And this is the Review Podcast. Podcast. So if you have followed us, you know that we have a great love for uh, apocalyptic fiction, um, specifically the punk movies that came out in the late 70s and uh, 80s, right? I have raised Samuel to love Repo Man and Escape from New York and RoboCop and Warriors! And, of course, I love how some of that stuff gets pulled forward into things like Reign of Fire. You all can have your little soiree. <laughs> and, uh, and Samuel loves Schwarzenegger. Yes, I love it. It's great. We've already had a podcast on Conan. We won't reiterate that. But I do love Schwarzenegger and uh, especially Predator. That's a great film, a great loves movie. Predator. And so the very next thing that Schwarzenegger does is something that fits right in with this genre, right? Mm-hmm. He does Running Man, yep. uh, which is actually based on a Stephen King novella of the same name. But he had it under a pseudonym. He, he uh, published it under a pseudonym. Uh, but it's about stuff that, haha, is set in 2017. And you know what? King's predictions aren't too far off, right? This is all about a basically a reality TV show that has uh, convicts running for freedom against uh, some very WWE-type characters, right? And so Samuel has been on this campaign for the last couple of years to get me to care about WWE. And it really started to take off in our culture in a mass media way, in the late 80s, right around the time that this movie is being made. It comes out in uh, 87, and Arnold is now, you know, almost at the peak of his uh, success. He's had, I think this is before he does Terminator 2, but he basically gets to pick the director, and he's picked this project, and uh, you can see how they're trying to sort of make that RoboCop kind of movie, right? RoboCop is in this future where society's breaking down, and the corporations have to do the law enforcement, and now here we have it kind of in an entertainment uh, slice, right, where they're sort of joking that the Department of Justice has an entertainment division, and instead of getting a court-appointed lawyer, you get a court-appointed talent agent, right, who's sort of reading Arnold all of the uh, copyright and trademark things that he has to sign so, like, his image can be used on baseball cards and all that sort of thing before he goes into this death match kind of a thing. So it's a great setup for a movie uh, that, you know, now we can judge because we've lived through 2017. And our judgment is... Oh, it totally sucks. It blows! It sucks! Oh my god, it's it was horrible. just as bad as when I saw it in the theaters it with Carl Rosen. All back. of oh. the ingredients that we should like, except for the one most important element that's missing, which is a good freaking script. Yeah, I don't know who messed this up, but actually the director that Arnold picked could be uh, the person that we blame for this. I blame Starsky. <laughs> Paul Michael Glazer was the original Starsky on Starsky and Hutch. And uh, after that show, uh, he became like a TV episode director. And Arnold hires him specifically because he wants this movie to feel like a real TV show. But it's the first major thing that Glazer ever directs. And, you know, the rest of his career is not a great endorsement of his directing skills. He also does Kazam starring Shaq. It, it, it feels so low budget and low rent and not in a way that helps convey its message. Because the, the, the whole idea of this game show and having the glitz and glamour of a game show to dress it up and then to contrast that with this horrible hellscape that they have to run across and survive 
this weird, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic. They talk about the great wipeout of 99 or something that something. killed a bunch of people. It opens with food riots. You but know. it's, it's, but the glitz isn't glitzy enough. The, 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 it all feels low budget and small and insular and acting is, it's so weird to watch Predator where Arnold is cast as Dutch as a leader and it's actually a pretty great character for him. You know, mm-hmm. Dutch is a very nuanced, very interesting story about leadership. Mm-hmm. This this guy, this this Dick Richardson or whoever the hell he's playing, <laughs> Richards, he's, Richards. He's his last name, and like I don't care about him one jot. He has no arc. He has no character. Yeah. It literally begins with him flying a helicopter for this oppressive regime. Presumably, he's done some of this before. And then they're like, you need to shoot into the food riot and kill all the women and children. He's like, no, these are innocents. I won't do it. It's like, okay, there's no arc there. He just starts as a good person and he's going to be a good person forever. It would have been a much more interesting arc if, let's say, he's a bad guy working for the bad guys. And it's not that he wouldn't perform a mission. It's that he performed a mission badly. Ah, and then he gets thrown great. into prison with the resistance guys yeah, yeah, and yeah. it would make more sense because his attitude towards this resistance is very like I, I, I'm not going to get in your face because you're not directly antagonizing me but I have no love for this cause Yeah, but that doesn't make sense if he's going to be thrown down for the women and the children Like, right yeah no it, it, nothing hangs together nothing hangs together um, nothing makes any sort of internal logic there's no Details. We love the details yeah. and the details of this. Well, wait a minute. When they're... you get them, they're decent and funny. For no, example, not. no, no, no. Yes, they are because one of the other shows that is broadcast to oh. keep the people happy and compliant is much more interesting than the running one. It's called Climbing for Dollars, and I love Climbing for Dollars. It's this guy who has to climb, and he's got money in his teeth or whatever. And there's like rabid dogs beneath him, and it's like you only see that for five seconds. It's like in the background of a of a screen, and I'm like. Okay, that's funny. And then uh, the the poster in the main producer's office for the show that you never get to see called The Hate Boat. Like, that's a funny, <laughs> that's a great detail. Is it easy? Yes, but they had the wherewithal to design a poster called The Hate Boat. Yeah, and you know, again, there's not that much difference between The Hate Boat and Survivor. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> or- so the people who like this movie and defend it, who I've encountered... Uh, Wait a minute, you actually know people who like The Running yeah, Man? yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't think those people existed. Yeah. Well, be nice, because I think one or two of them are listening to this podcast. Okay, God bless you. Tell us what you think in the comments. Yeah, tell us why we're wrong. It's prescient, but it's not that prescient. Like, it's well, not... I'm sure it is. I absolutely agree with the point of view that we, in this era, are saturated in entertainment. Heck, this podcast is part of the problem! That distracts us from the real societal questions that we've got to tackle. Now, I think the best media helps us tackle those questions, but there is definitely entertainment out there. And I'm looking at you, Dancing with the Stars, that distracts us from the political and social stuff that we got to be talking about. In the distant future of 2017, you will be watching The Bachelor. Oh, run, run for your life! Uh, (laughs) well look let's say it this way now samuel will really get mad at me but this will provoke the next 20 minutes of conversation the running man is a terrible hollywood movie it's an okay episode of a tv show it's a really good wwe event don't shut your mouth
Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. The WWE superstars, thank you, have far more nuanced and interesting characters than these stupid stalkers that run after... Arnold. I mean, look. Hey, it has Jesse the Body Ventura. It does have Jesse the Body Ventura As playing. Captain. What's his name? Captain Freedom. Captain Freedom. <laughs> Jesse the Body Ventura. Starring as Jesse the Body Ventura, yeah. um, he even gets in a in a fight with with his promoter, just like Jesse Ventura did with Vince McMahon. Um, no, it's 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 just crap. Um, like these these stalkers, these people who are assigned to hunt Arnold in the in the maze in the wasteland are just not interesting. They have no nuance. They've got like a gimmick, and that's it. You don't like the opera singer? No, I don't like the stupid opera singer with the 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 bright the light bright costume. <laughs> the light bright costume. Everything <laughs> just feels so cheap and so yeah. it's so disposable. I mean, I guess in that oh, space of kind of the nature disposable. of the the film, but again, where the glitz is supposed to exist, it doesn't exist. You know, well, it, I don't know. That whole music video that they insert at oh the beginning of the God. show. Oh, hey. It's like a three-minute music video of women in these ridiculous outfits dancing to get people hey. warmed up hey. for the running man. Hey, that was choreographed by Paula Abdul. Oh, okay? God! <laughs> so that's my... Oh, God! The, the joke of watching this movie that's supposed to be set in 2017 is... It, it's clearly 1987, right? Those dancers are the solid gold dancers. And when somebody's standing at the vending machine, it's got the logo for New Coke. Oh, and, God. You know. It's like in Fallout when the bombs fall and everything just freezes in the 50s culture. It's like, <laughs> in the distant future of 2077, where we still have, you know, just all this 1950s garbage. And, and it's just not... Believable. I don't think they did any effort or work to try and figure out what the future would actually look like other than no. a hellscape. Like, Well, unfortunately, you know, the, the people, the corporations in 1987 just wanted their logo in there. So yeah, you know, Adidas it, got a track suit. In this. Adidas gets a track suit. <laughs> it, no, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. It's funny to think about how it's different from something like RoboCop, though, which is done right around the same time. But you can just see that there's a little more thought to the details. There's more weight to it the character actors are great yeah right like clarence the bad guy yeah is awesome clarence boddicker <laughs> whereas here uh you know richard dawson was a tv game show host right so that was the dawson big... does a perfectly fine job with what mm, he's given he's I pretty think. flat though. oh i disagree i think dawson's trying to trying to give it some kind of authenticity. I, actually, is, I think this is where I disagree with you. Compared I to Clarence was... Boddicker, though, he's he's too. Oh, that's yeah. Well, there's no comparison there. Clarence Boddicker, can you fly, Bobby? Like right. no one's gonna do better than that. Well, that's what we're saying is Ro <laughs> RoboCop is in the canon, and Running Man had some good pedigree behind it, and it's a complete miss, a yeah. total failure. It's 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 just a. It feels so hollow and so like. Uh, we always talk about the details and the character actors and the supporting roles and all the supporting roles in this freaking suck. They're terrible. His love interest is terrible. And, you know, the brainiac who figures out the satellite, there's nothing there. They're, they're just hollow. Yeah. And, and, oh, let's not forget who's the leader of the resistance in the war-torn hellscape of 2017. Mick Fleetwood. You make love in fun. Oh, God! Sing Gypsy! That's such garbage! <laughs> it would be like putting Chris Christopherson in a Planet of the Apes movie. Oh, wait, we did that. Don't stop 
thinking about tomorrow. Don't stop. The nukes yeah. will soon be here. <laughs> yeah, that kind of... And they of, just call him Mick. They he's, just call him he's Mick. He's supposed to be Mick Fleetwood. He's just Mick Fleetwood. That's all he is. It sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like night and day. This versus the Predator. Like, it's just night and day. But I love thinking about why it is. I mean, I, I think one of the problems with Running Man is it looks like it was really rushed, right? Yeah. It comes it between... like they filmed this in three months. In three months or less. Uh, it comes between Predator and Terminator 2, right? I mean, Arnold is doing interesting things around this time, and but other, this is not one of them. And other interesting things are happening around this time. We are just before, just after James Cameron's Aliens. Yes, right. You know? Like... Holy crap. Yeah. You put this against that at the box office? No wonder people ran to go see Aliens, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now, did this flop? Did The Running Man flop? It did. Yeah. It absolutely flopped. As well it should have. So I think about this. I actually had a friend post on Facebook recently uh, an article that was very critical of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, the Marvel Studios movies of the last 10 years. Just like, well, is this all we can do? Is this really the best that Hollywood can do? It's and a damn I, sight better than this. That's exactly my point. That, you know, nostalgia and the work of picking the canon uh, lets you weed out a lot of crap. A lot of crap. Okay. I think I might have mentioned I mean, this. no one remembers City Limits. Right. Except for me. And Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. <laughs> I almost watched that again this week. Dude, it's so good. <laughs> and by so good, I mean basically unwatchable. But, like, the MST3K guys do their best. Uh, well, they work. save things like Running yeah. Man. And okay, they, they make it entertaining again by, yeah. by sort of giving you the context. And we were riffing the whole time. I mean, we never stopped for Running Man. We rarely in, stop in, this, in yeah. general if we're not, like, in the actual theater. And even then, we still try and sneak some some stuff in right right right. but But the process of what do we remember as being great and what do we leave behind that's the important cultural work and you know when i listen to these oldies stations or or you know somebody's got a serious channel on that's like you know the great 80s stuff i remember all the stuff that was being played on terrestrial radio in the 80s and there was so much crap and what you hear now as you know the 80s playlist it's like a hundred songs. Yeah. It's the best hundred songs in it's the 80s. It's not Roxette's She's Got the Look. I know. Though and I have that on my iPod. <laughs> well, we have a love for this stuff, but you know, you, you're boiling things down. And so we remember the Predator and we leave behind Running Man. Yeah. And the people who complain about the modern Marvel Studios movies are not remembering the dreck that yeah. we're leaving behind, right? The Marvel movies, and I think in general, Hollywood stuff now, the, the general quality is much higher than it used to be, right? Yeah. If we did an experiment where we sat down and watched like one new release every single weekend for a year, right? I know, that would be... I think my eyes are bleeding at the thought of it. <laughs> but we would come away with, say, the movies of 2018, and then go back and watch, do the same experiment for, say, all the movies in 1978. Oh, my God! The quality is so much better now. Yeah. Broadly across the whole spectrum. You know, because back in 1987, you were getting things like Running Man. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, and, and Running Man just... It also doesn't seem to really know what it wants to be. Like, this movie features a brutal, brutal series of executions, but done by Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, he will, you know, wrap dudes up in barbed wire and choke them out. He will cut dudes in half with a chainsaw with a little bit of castrati humor. And then, like, 
at the end of the movie, his love interest, who sucks, by the way, comes around a corner, and they start playing this, like, love ballad for them. What does this movie want to be? It wants to be a social commentary. It wants to also have you engaged on some level with the blood sport going on because you can't be so detached in the satire that you don't get your action thrill so it wants both of those cakes then it wants this third cake where this woman that arnold has forcibly kidnapped and threatened to murder at least on two occasions is suddenly in love with him (laughs) and it's those are three very different movies it does have an exploding billboard though why? Why? What was it like to steal a joke from the Arl Knots? What's holding that that billboard up? Like gas cans? Like it's just so. It, it's it, so eighties. It has so 80s. pieces of Completely things 80s. that work, but they didn't focus on any of those elements. So you have somebody like Jim Brown, who's really cool, yeah. and is a great character actor, and comes with a pedigree of maybe not necessarily. Uh, what I would call respectability, but you you pay attention. He's done a lot of movies at this point, right? Yeah. By the time he does Running Jim Man, Jim Brown is yeah, he's not somebody who you can't trust with a script. He'll 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 do he'll do good work. And he's you know supposed to be well, he's the second to the last attacker who goes after Arnold. So he's he should have some menace and some weight to him, but he doesn't. <laughs> no, and they don't treat him with any sort of respect within the film. It's not yeah. he's not. Something that people have really harped on with the new Star Wars movies is how do you establish legitimate villains, legitimate threats yes. to the protagonist. Right. But that's a problem that extends far before these new Star Wars movies, obviously. Mm-hmm. And and it goes back to, you know, stuff I mean, the running man. I don't these these villains aren't given any sort of concrete, interesting lines or screen time. There's no but there's also no mystery about them. Mm-mm. You know, it, it, you you can go one direction or the other. And instead they go with these really broad stroke characterizations that, you know, you can say WWE plays to the cheap seats, but at least those characters have some kind of shape to them. Mm-hmm. This, no, no, th- I, these, I was... these don't have any sort of, you know. <laughs> God, I would love to see this movie remade with WWE superstars. Yes, it, it could be actually quite clever and yeah. satirical. John Cena as the Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, role. Yeah, you bet. And then you just get, you, you know, Randy Orton in there, and yep. you, you get uh, uh, The Miz. Like, it would be great. It would be a perfect movie for them to put those roles into. Well, wait a minute. Wasn't wasn't that um, Surf's Up 2? <laughs> no. Anyway... <laughs> We're getting sidetracked. The point is, Running Man is not in the canon. Anyone who thought it was ever in the canon no, is no, we, we wrong. Just, we just fell into watching Running Man. Not really. It was free on Amazon. It, it was, was there. You could watch it. You could click on it. You would start playing. Here, I'm here at Christmas tree. Like, Arnold's lines aren't even funny. They're not even good one-liners. I, I hated this movie when I saw it in the theater over Thanksgiving weekend with my friend Carl Rosen and others. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to think if anybody's on social media. Well, my friend Adams Lee was there. And uh, we walked out of the theater knowing it was crap. I'm not saying it's anything but crap, but you love Arnold, and it was right in that same time frame. It's and terrible. you to to appreciate things like Predator and Terminator, you have to watch the crap too. 
guess. So this is our anti-canon podcast. Yeah, this is, this is well, <laughs> to, we, we have podcasts that reaffirm things that are in the canon. We have podcasts where we throw things out. And this is just not, this is not even making it to the gates. This folks. is beware. This is stay away. Beware. Don't watch it. It's got these horrible Adidas tracksuits. It's got this terrible forced love subplot. My favorite detail of the film is actually something I think they didn't intend, oh. which is when Arnold is walking away you know, arm in arm with his love interest at the end of the credits, he's got his hand on her neck, just like he did when he was threatening her life at the airport. <laughs> it's like, whoa, I can tell that that's going to be a really healthy relationship. I can tell that that's really going places, you know, and, and like all this, this dumb subplot with like the resistance and stuff where like Arnold is help helping overthrow this evil fascist government. Like you just have to dial back the scale of this stuff. If you want this to be about the game show, The Running Man, just make it about that. Yeah. You know, hone in on that idea, right. really refine it. Right. What are the effing rules of this thing? I well, don't even know what well, the rules actually, are. Actually, that's basically what WWE does, right? Yeah. It, it, it keeps you focused on the arena. Even the uh, scenes that they show you in between matches. Yeah, the backstage are, stuff. Are really, but they're just off the stage. Yeah. I mean, they're in the same arena. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's to build to a match. It's, right. hey, you got a match tonight, right? Like, they're talking about what's right. going, like, it's all about what happens they, in that They ring. don't show somebody at home. No, very rarely. That was the 90s. Once or twice in the 90s, nobody they would do that stuff. No, nobody cares. No, nobody cares. <laughs> okay, so here's another double back where uh, I agree with you that, like, what you see from the WWE now in the 21st century, way better than The Running Man. Uh, but you know what else? Video games, right? Again, somebody in my generation is oh, not really no. predisposed to to like or play or understand the depth of the first shooter multiplayer universe that you live in. I got another look at a new game that Samuel and his brother Truman, shout out to Truman, were playing last night. Stand by for Titanfall. And it's a beautiful game. I'm, <laughs> Titanfall is really amazing for its gameplay, what it asks you to do, the renderings. And you know what? I, I liked seeing that last night on the same day that we watched Running Man because... I get the feeling that if Samuel ever had to pick up an automatic weapon to defend himself, he would know how to shoot it <laughs> from games like that versus know. what we saw in Running Man. Arnold shoots assault rifles with like a one-handed, like, he just holds it the up. The shooting is terrible. It's just so clearly every, like a prop gun. Like, every single person, like not even the... the you no know, one has the, any trigger discipline. No one has... You're, you're not supposed to put your finger into the notch of the trigger unless you intend to fire. It, it's all nothing but hack Hollywood, you know, uh, <laughs> fill-in actors, right? It's 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 terrible. Yeah, the, the action <laughs> sequence that opens this They're just film off is awful. I mean, even the fist fight in the helicopter is it's, terribly it's staged. Terrible. It has no... Like emotional weight to it. It is oh, uh, and let's not forget the helicopter footage that they had for this movie wasn't even something that they shot. They stole the helicopter footage in this film from the nineteen seventy six King Kong movie. Yeah. More proof that the nineteen seventy six <laughs> King Kong movie is a giver, and the rest of the world just takes and takes and takes. You know, I. I I can't remember if I posted this on the Facebook posting of our King Kong, uh, but I think I'm coming around to your point of view because you know I watched the Peter Jackson one again. Oh my God, that King Kong all goes on six forever. hours of all six hours. I just couldn't wait for it to end. I I think I might be coming back around to you like seventy six King Kong, King Kong. But it's I I 
No, The Running Man has... It's interesting you bring up video games because Rockstar Games, the, the, the guys who make Grand Theft Auto, I mean, they are juggernauts of the industry. When they make a release, everyone sits up and takes notice. Yeah. So in the early 2000s, they're on top of the world. They've released Grand Theft Auto 3, one of the best-selling games of all time. They're developing, so we don't know it exists yet, they're developing Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which is a 80s-themed Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. set in Miami, which will go on to smash even more records. And during that same time, they're also working on a game called Manhunt. Yeah. That is very clearly a riff on The Running Man. Huh. They set it in con- then-contemporary The times distant future of, of 2017. Yeah, no, they set it in like 2002, 2003. It's supposed oh. to be when the game came out. Oh. But it's much darker. Oh. Much darker. I have never played it hmm. because... I like watched a little bit of it on YouTube and went, oh, okay, we're good. Like <laughs> even with the PS2 graphics, they got a lot of parents groups really upset because huh. Rockstar Games saw The Running Man and said, no, if you're gonna have that idea, you gotta commit. Right. So and and for better and for worse, they committed. I mean, they have there are moves in that game where you like you just put a, a plastic bag over a dude's head. Wow. And you just like it takes like three minutes for the dude to like die and you just have to hold that button i'm like i'm never playing that i'm good i'm okay with that one um talk about westworld stuff there like i'm not (laughs) no that's that's too much we're good on that one but but to be fair rockstar solved one of the problems of this film right which is they went in that direction they said no you can't have a cutesy little romance thing you can't have a resistance subplot this is about if you're going to do the most dangerous game it's the most dangerous right, game. Right, right, right. And, so, and the short story, The Most Dangerous Game, is way more interesting than this movie. Right, right, right. So Running Man is, it's halvesies, right? It's trying to do too many things. It's it's pretty cartoony for the premise. Yep. And, of course, somebody does take it in a more cartoony direction. Somebody takes the premise and literally makes American Gladiators. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So you can go in either direction, but yeah. Running Man is caught in the middle. Yeah. I mean... It's not rollerball with Jean Renault. <laughs> God, we should have done a double feature. Well, as soon as we finished watching Running Man, Amazon said, Want to watch Kickboxer? Oh, God. <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme. Van Damme. Oh. All right. Well, I think that's a different podcast. I think that is a different podcast. We should watch what's the diehard esque film that Van Damme's in, but it's a hockey rink. Is that Bloodsport? Yeah. Yeah, Bloodsport! <laughs> we yeah. gotta watch Bloodsport. I gotta, I have to know if Bloodsport holds up. Okay, well, I was just trying to do another podcast to get you to do more Arnold. Oh, yes, yes. So, here we are. What we're telling you here at the conclusion of The Running Man is that The Running Man sucks. It's terrible. It's awful. Go and watch an episode of Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> let's go let's get on <laughs> i'm bentley and i'm samuel and this is the re view podcast, podcast.